Hello, you are listening to Own and Align, the podcast with your host, Layla Steed. I'm a photographer, content creator, writer, and woman who loves to ignite that spark in other women that propels them to own their story and live in alignment as their true, authentic selves. This is a space where you can gain some insight from absolute powerhouse women that will set that spark inside of you and give you the tools that you need to be in flow with yourself and the world around you. You are listening to Own and Align. So sit down, plug in, and take the next moment to do something just to up-level yourself and to take ownership of you and your journey. Hello and welcome to episode four of Own and Align, the podcast. So today's episode is going to be all about, it's going to be a bit of specific, how to leave a relationship from women who have actually been there. Because I think for me, I don't resonate with that. My my story is the opposite side of the fence where I was left. So it's not something that I've wanted to speak on because I don't actually have the experience, I guess, uh, within that. So Yesterday, when I opened up question time on Instagram, quite a few women wrote in saying, I want to leave, but I don't know how, what tips do you have? Or I'm trying to flee a relationship, domestic violence, the relationship doesn't serve me. I really need help on getting out and getting the self-confidence and strength to be able to do that. So I decided to open up today's episode, beautiful episode four, which is going to be specifically for those women who have been thinking about leaving or you are just kind of wanting some tools to gather some information, which I think so many of you seem to be at that stage at the moment. So full disclosure before we jump in. First and foremost, I do want to mention that my my end goal is always to keep families together. I don't like to talk about topics like this just because of the fact that I don't want to plant a seed in someone's mind and change the whole direction of their life. Um, obviously, I did get a bit of a message last night after opening up this uh, discussion, I guess you could say, and so many people said, you seem like an advocate for divorce. And I definitely am not. I 100% would have liked to have kept my family together if there was even a chance for that. But it's just not something that either of us wanted to do and either of us saw as being the best interest forever. But so many other people's situations are different. So I'm not an advocate for divorce. I want to highlight that I'm an advocate for women being in a loving and appreciative relationship. I'm an advocate for children seeing their parents as the best version of themselves with someone supporting them and in their corner and I'm an advocate for women showing that them, them that there is happiness and that they can claim back ownership of their own lives. Because staying with someone who no longer serves you or your highest good will eventually poison you. And I think it drowns out your soul. It can be really damaging if you are staying with someone just for the reason of the children or I'm scared or I don't know how to move forward. And I can fully appreciate being a single mother is is terrifying, especially if you haven't been in that. And some of you may not have worked for quite some time and, and household duties and being a mum has been, you know, the highest on your to-do list. I, I so can appreciate that it would be terrifying going from 
not having to worry about earning an income to being the sole provider. It actually, it would be terrifying. And I can absolutely relate with you on that. I know sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what I would give to have one of these shitty relationships just because it is hard. It is really hard being a single mum. So I asked women last night, have you been there? What top tips do you have for women that are wanting to leave a relationship? And this is what they came forward to say. So I'm reading directly from the little box that they uh, left their left their information in. So journaling all the wonderful things in my life every morning, being grateful for the things too. Uh, it's from Leah. I won't, I won't read everyone's name. Some have asked to be anonymous. Um, sharing what you're going through with close and safe friends and allowing them to help. So I want to elaborate on that one a little bit. When you are leaving a relationship, you have to be really careful when you're choosing your tribe. You're not going to be able to trust everybody. There are going to be some friends, especially if you've been in a really tight friendship circle, double dating with other couples, other you know husband and wife teams. There are going to be some people amongst that that aren't going to agree with you up and leaving and they may very well backstab you. Uh, so be really, really cautious on who you're picking in your tribe. I would probably stick to sisters and best friends um, that you know are going to be on your team no matter what. And, you know, maybe someone removed from the situation, like someone at your mother's group or someone at school pickup, just someone that you can trust with your life. Because for some of you, it sounds like that could actually be what you're gambling with here. Someone said, start packing things slowly, making sure that you look after your mental health. Another person said, see a solicitor, you are entitled. Don't be manipulated to feel guilty about that. Now that is a huge one. A lot of men, I feel that when the relationship breaks down, they're in damage control. They're trying to hide their money. They're trying to make sure that you can't get access to it. And they're trying to tell you, you're going to get nothing. And that's how they control you. You're going to get nothing. I'm going to make sure that you get nothing. You're not going to get a cent from me. And it does, you know, they're trying to put fear into you so that you don't leave or that they can control you, which is a huge one. Financial abuse is real and it is rampant in in separations, in relationships. And I think it's it's something that you need to do is arm yourself now, one thing that I want to highlight as far as I know on the record is that only one party from a separation can get legal aid. So be sure that when you are even thinking about this, that you reach out, talk to legal aid, find out your your rights, I suppose. Someone else said, leaving is the hardest part. Deciding that you are important is hard, but it's going to be the best thing for you. These are all women who have left. So this is why it's so powerful because I truly believe in the power of resonance. Someone said, just do it, take the leap. It might be messy now, which is my current situation, but it will get better. Another person said, I knew I was walking out with nothing. It was a DV relationship, domestic violence, obviously. So I saved what I could each fortnight in a secret account. Take all your important documents. This is a really, really important one and integral. Do note this down. Take all your important documents, birth certificates to a safe place to someone that you can trust. That is huge. Make sure that you do that if, that, if you're listening and that is you. 
Someone said, if possible, have a side account. However, many abusive relationships can't do that. So when you are out getting the shopping, buy yourself some gift cards and say that they're for gifts. That way you're still going to have money to stock your fridge and buy the things that you need to buy when you get out. Courtney has said the bottom line is what example do you want to set for your kids? Now, I've touched base on that quite a lot when I speak about women that want to leave or women that are in relationships that don't serve you anymore. And it's a huge thing because our children are learning how to be in relationships from us, from what they're seeing us do, from everything that they're seeing in your day-to-day life, they're going to mirror that down the track. So if your child is seeing you be emotionally abused, spoken down to, treated poorly, treated like crap, not honoured, not respected, your beautiful little babies are going to go and mirror that out in the world. That's just science. That's just how it works. It's hereditary. We all do it. So just be really cautious of asking yourself, am I feeling seen? Am I feeling heard? Am I feeling valued? And am I showing my children a good example of a relationship? And if the answer is no, and you're sitting there right now, and you've got that kind of guilty, sick feeling in your stomach, like, oh my God, that wake up call, that light bulb moment, that's me. I've, I've been setting a really bad example. Or it might not even be that you've been setting a bad example. It's It's kind of like the quote, I guess, what you allow is what will continue. So be mindful of that. Don't beat yourself up now. Just make changes. Someone said, imagine how awesome your life is going to be not having to deal with that person and what they're doing to you. Someone else has said, speak to a lawyer early and have a strategy. Start putting funds away, open a private account. And that is from a woman who said that she has worked in a domestic violence refuge. Another woman has said, leave when he is at work or away from the house and really call in your support network. Just do it. Someone said, being a single parent is nowhere near as lonely as being in a shitty relationship. I can 100% agree with that. So many people that write into me say the moment I left I literally felt like I could breathe again and although it's hard and being a single parent is tough and the nights are long and the days are longer, it's a place where women are growing again. They're happy. They're finding themselves. They're finding their feet. Someone said, go through your church groups. There is a wellbeing hub or IFS. Uh Some people have written quite a few things, which it's kind of hard to read. Beautiful Vanessa Warren has said, if you need help, reach out. I left a 20-year marriage and was stubborn, pushing through with my mental health and ended up having a nervous breakdown. Luckily, I had good support and I now have an amazing life. It's better than I could have imagined just over a year ago. I know Vanessa personally, and she's now in a beautiful and flourishing relationship with someone who values her. Beth has said, never use the child as a bargaining chip to hurt and punish the other parent. Now that is important. That is so integral because this is something that I speak to women regularly about behind, not closed doors, but behind my DMs, I should say. 
And so many women come to me and they say, yeah, but I'm going to get nothing and I'm, he's only going to give me X, Y, Z. I can tell you right now, I get the absolute bare minimum of child support. I get $3 a week. I have done for four years now. Has that been tough and impacted me financially? Hell yes. Some days I've really struggled because I'm pulling my weight and someone else isn't pulling their weight financially. Are they doing all they can? I'm not sure. I'm not one of those women who's going to go and try and figure out if he's earning money and learn how to tax it and and hunt him down in that kind of a way. I don't have the energy. I want to pay for my child because that makes me feel like a responsible parent. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel like I'm succeeding at something and giving her everything that I can financially and otherwise. If someone doesn't want to do that, then that's on them. And I always said to myself, finances is not going to govern Eva's relationship with her dad. I'm not going to get upset by that amount. I'm going to let it go. Now, I did get upset at the start. I now let it go. It's just something that I pay for my child. I'm happy with what I do and I feel like I'm succeeding at giving her everything that she needs. And that to me makes me happy. Someone else had said, plan, have all your ducks in a row before you walk away. You don't want to have to go back. Someone else has made a really valid point. Cash out can actually show up on bank statements or receipts. Buy gift cards instead, which we kind of touched base on earlier. Scan and email yourself important documents and give them to a safe person. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that, Gillian. That is a really important note for you to note down. Also, any abuse via text messages that you can screenshot an email to yourself on a folder in your emails where you're not going to have to see it all the time and see the reminder. It's really important. And that also goes for co-parenting. Someone else has said, lawyer for advice, make sure you save money, get copies of important documents, mediate for children, plan a date for you to take you and your belongings with someone present. That's a huge one because Having someone present, you can even probably um, get the police escort if you need. I've had to do that previously in a, in, a, in a different relationship and it really did make me feel so much safer and more confident in going to get what I needed to get. Someone has said, be brave. Don't let him manipulate you. You don't need a partner to be happy. Love yourself first and always. Don't be afraid to end it first if it doesn't work. Not all things are meant to be fought for. And these are all, like I'll mention again, these are all from women who are there. They've left, they've moved on. They might be in it at the moment. Have you all your ducks in a row? Seems to be a really common theme here before you leave. So when you do, it goes as smoothly as possible. Work out and keep busy. Keep those endorphins high. That's a great one as well. Get your apartment ready to go. Movers scheduled therapist appointments if you are able to. Now, therapy, psychologist appointments, psychiatrist appointments, energy healers, they are all going to be integral in you being able to move through that uh, easily and effortlessly, which is what how we all want to move through a breakup. So make sure that you're getting your, your tribe and also your spiritual team um, that's going to help your mental health and keep you on track. When a friend comes over or you go out, take important documents to store with someone you trust and important things that you don't want to lose. When you do the groceries, take out $20 in cash and hide. 
someone makes a really valid point here. You'll more likely hate every piece of furniture that you take from that house if it's been abusive emotionally or otherwise. So don't worry about it. Starting from scratch and not being able to take furniture, etc. Now, I do know that there is uh, domestic violence grants for white goods and furniture that you do have access to if you are fleeing from domestic violence. So do look that up, find out your resources, find out what you're entitled to. Another lady has said, plan, plan, plan. It was hard, but it'll make you so much stronger. Make sure that your location sharing with them on your iPhone is switched off. So important if you are in a situation where they may be emotionally abusive or physically abusive and you're not feeling safe. That's a huge point. I wouldn't have even thought about that. So I really appreciate the lovely lady that sent that in. Save money. Money just adds an element of stress that makes dealing with the emotions so much harder. That's an amazing point. It's the best decision I ever made 18 months ago. I was thinking I should have just stayed and put up with it. Not sure I am at the beautiful life point yet, but single mum once again, I had to face my own stigmas of two kids to two different men, but I'm so much happier than I've been in a long time and so ready. Um, I know that beautiful lady. I've spoken to her a few times and... You've got to let go of the fear of the stigma that you're putting on yourself, that society has put on you, that your parents, that your friends, um, that any expectation that you have on yourself and how you're going to get through this experience, you have to learn to let that go. I was raised by a single mum myself. I knew that I didn't want to do that. And I'd always said to myself, you know, when I get pregnant, I'm going to work so hard for that family and I'm never going to let anything happen to it. And I'm going to put my absolute heart and soul into that relationship and try and make it work. And when it happened and there was nothing I could do, it was one of my biggest fears. I literally didn't have a choice but to face the stigma and face my own expectations that I put on myself and realize that my life was never going to look how I wanted it to look. And I think that's something that I want to touch base on too is you begin mourning this fairy tale life that you dreamt for yourself from a little girl. You know, as women, we don't go into relationships and, and babies, most of us, I should say, a, a huge percentage of us, we don't go into motherhood thinking I'm going to do this alone or I want to do this alone. We go in with this dream of, you know, a, a beautiful relationship and someone that's going to love and care for us. And it's really hard when you kind of come crashing back to earth and realize that it's not like that always. And that sometimes it's just you and your bullshit and you and your hard work trying to make it all happen. And it can be really, really full on. Uh, let's have another look. Be careful who you tell when you are leaving. I touch base on that. Be really cautious with who you tell. That is a huge point. And you almost need to go about this quickly, quietly, do it first and ask questions later <laughs> and be safe about it, obviously. Someone said, I would leave. I have survived an emotional, financial and physically abusive relationship. Good on you. It would be so hard. Obviously, I didn't have that happen to me. Mine was reversed. It would be so hard fleeing and having that type of, you know, you're worried about everything. You're worried about them and how they're going to behave and how the children are going to handle it. It really adds a whole different element to becoming a single mother. 
when you feel like it's the end of the world, it's really not. <laughs> Stay calm and be in your own corner. And that definitely applies to me when I was first left pregnant in the very early days. And I really thought, it would, oh, it's the end of the world. And I really got in my a bubble of, <laughs> I, I just can't do this. Oh my God, who does this happen to? And I think the when I kind of took a step back, I was like, mm, it's not as bad as I originally thought and I can get through this. Someone said, if necessary, just get a restraining order. I have and I am happy to share tips because it was hard. Take important belongings bit by bit to a friend's, pick up when you're out, talk to a professional about setting boundaries and learning how to deal with someone who's been emotionally abusive how to set boundaries and what to do when they are broken. Walking on your, Working on yourself, owning your strength, letting go of the codependent behavior. The book attached that I'm reading at the moment, it's really interesting look at relationships um, and anxious attachments and stable attachments and avoidant attachments. Um, highly recommend it. I did put it up on a few... Uh, I'll go and find it and uh, link it in the show notes. Don't let others worry you. There will be a lot, especially in a very small town. That is definitely something that I want to pinpoint. The smaller the town, the more people are going to talk about you and your, in inverted commas, I'm using my little finger bunny ears here, your relationship failure. It is not a failure if you are taking your power back. Someone said, yes, I have done this two weeks before I gave birth. I'd love to share my story. I will get in touch with you soon and hopefully have that on the end of this podcast. Now, Hannah's made a really beautiful point. Write down your dream life, exactly what it would be and how you want it to be. And that is how you start manifesting it. I'm a huge manifester. I am going to do a podcast on that in the coming weeks. The personal people that stick around during and after are the ones that you want to keep. So that happened to me in my friendship circle. I spoke about that on the last episode. And not everyone is going to handle this really intense time in your life. They're, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I feel like the weak just remove themselves from your life. And the universe, I like to call it, will take the trash out. Save some money if you can, because I left my marriage with two babies and I had zero money. Someone has said, stop making excuses for their shit bleep behavior. (laughs) Know that your kids deserve to see you happy. They do. And that's something that so many women write in saying, I'm so scared. They're not seeing me at my full potential and I'm feeling really guilty. And that has, I want you guys to know if you're listening, nodding to anything that I'm saying, That is something that you need to kind of let go of and understand that they do, you do deserve to have a beautiful life and your children deserve to see that a relationship isn't like that. And a relationship is all about support and love and kindness. And you will find it again. I'm still looking, but that's because I'm not going to settle. I know what I bring to the table and I know what I'm looking for. And at the moment, I'm still healing. I've got a lot happening in my life. I've had to take time out. And the beauty is I don't have anyone that depends on me right now for anything, for dinner, for their emotions, for help. I'm just doing me and getting through this as best as I can. Someone else has said, save money, be confident, have support people. I did it with my two-year-old and please know it's the best thing I ever did. I left two relationships with two people and I had babies too. I now own my own business. 
it is achievable. That is why I'm reading these out to you is I read them and I thought there is so much sparkly, yes, you can do it, girl. And yes, I've been there and amazing resonance within these. So that's why I'm reading them out. Someone said, start gradually moving each of your things that you would like to keep to another place. That would, That is what I did and make an excuse for it. Someone said, thank you. No tips, but thank you for doing this. Someone said, no tips, but I would love to hear this. I am so stuck. Ensure you're satisfied. Ensure everything you've done, everything you've can so that you're not going to look back. Now, that is really important. Once you have left, you've left. You're out. Going back is only going to make the relationship be on stable ground and probably be worse. So, yes, 100% agree with Tash there. Make sure that you're satisfied that you have done everything in your power to make it work. And obviously, I'm not talking about domestic violence here or any emotionally abusive relationships. I'm just talking about someone that doesn't serve you anymore and doesn't give you that sparkle and they're not supportive or they're a bit blasé about the relationship and it's left you feeling like you're not yourself. That's what I'm assuming that she's aiming this toward that type, excuse me, that type of relationship. Someone said, I left a domestic violence marriage. It's now me and my two little boys going through family court, but I'm so much happier. See a therapist counsellor to help you through the emotional turmoil. Have strong supporters behind you, whether it's family, friends or women's support services. Find someone to talk to for support. One most important thing through this process is going to be your healing. And that goes with any kind of relationship breakdown. Moving through healing, I've spoken about Kelly from Soul School time and time again, and I'm going to keep mentioning her because if I had have found Kelly and done the healing when I was fresh out of my relationship and worked with her, I would be so much further ahead in my healing rather than I feel like I'm back at the start again. Um obviously with everything I'm going through with my mum that's unwell. If you, if you weren't aware and you don't follow me on Instagram, my mum's unwell at the moment. It's kind of put me back to square one within my healing. So definitely that is a huge one. Just making sure that you are able to process what's happened and decompartmentalize and really get through that emotionally. It's so important. Take time to grieve what you were leaving behind, but don't lose sight of what you are building. I feel like I need to say that again. That's from beautiful Ashley Marie. So beautiful. Take time to grieve what you are leaving behind, but don't lose sight of what you are building, which is a future that you are going to love and adore and that is your own. And because of the name of the podcast, one that's in alignment with you and where you are at. Now let's have a look. Someone said, I need this. I have three little kids and I don't know how to do it. So look, there, there are so many women that are in your, in your corner. If you've been listening along and you're like nodding going, yes, that's me. I've been in a relationship like that. And I've, I've been through that or I'm going through it that at the moment. And I don't know how to leave. I'm going to be speaking up next on this podcast, um, this episode, I should say. I'm going to go and find someone and I'll put it at the end of this podcast and do an interview 
with a beautiful mama that has left and that has got her life back on track and that is, you know, taken ownership of her life and is living in alignment with her own direction and her own inner compass, which I think is so vital and so important. I'll be back with you soon. It worked. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. So as promised, I have got a beautiful mama to join me on the podcast today. We did try previously, uh, but we had a few technical issues. It sounds like it's uh, working much better now. So we'll go ahead. Uh, So you're a beautiful mama of three. And I want to start by you telling me, like, what was it like when you met your partner and what was he like towards you? So I met um, my partner uh, about a year and a half after I'd gotten out of another relationship where I already had one child who was two. Yep. Um, We met, of course, on Facebook, which is relatively normal (laughs) in a small town. Yeah. Um, I was pretty vulnerable then um being an uh, 18 19 year old single parent um yeah uh, as we all know it's it's tough so he was from quite a good family um he had a good job he already had a house even though he was like a year younger than me um things were great for the first year he was very sweet very kind there were a few little moments where I was like "Mm, that's a little bit funny that could be but, a red flag. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Looking back now, I was like, mm, I really should have looked into that a little bit more. Yes. Um, then we moved, you know, we moved in together. Um, I started going back to full-time work and he started working away doing, you know, like the FIFO work at the mines. Sure. Um, and there was just one day there was like a switch that just flicked and... Mm-hmm. Things were different, you know, that we had started with like a week of silent treatment. And, you know, there was there were times where I thought, you know what, I need to pull the plug because this isn't right. I felt yeah. like I was always I was always on edge. I always yeah. felt like there was something that I had done wrong, but I didn't know what it was. Of course I had a baby with him about a few years later. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. And things seemed to change. He was still working away. I went back to work. Um and then a few years later, we had our third, um, well, our second together, but the yeah. third child. Um, and honestly, it, it's really hard because because when you've got a partner that works away, you just you're not around each other all the time. You don't pick you don't up as much yeah. as you would if you just saw each other every night. So if we ever had a problem, it was kind of pushed over because we only saw each other a week out of a month. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, that's a very common denominator that I have seen in all the beautiful women that have messaged in to be on this recording. I only chose three beautiful women from kind of different backgrounds because I thought that that would be more beneficial to people that are out there in that space. And I think the common denominator from everyone's stories was that they started off very sweet and then the mask fell off. Um, Correct. The mask kind of falls off and you're kind of left with what's underneath, which sometimes can be very ugly. And I think I've experienced that within past relationships within my own situation as well. And I think when it finally becomes crystal clear what's going on, you're kind of like, hang on a minute. (laughs) I noticed this red flag now and that makes sense because of this red flag and it kind of starts adding up. So for Mm. you, what became the deciding factor when you were like, okay, I've really got to get out now. Well, 
before so we got married last year after a very long engagement mm-hmm. um there was a lot of things that weren't perfect for a very long time um i mean we were both earning very high incomes you know yep. like we were earning between 12 to 14,000 a month between yes. each other yep. but we had no money in between it like at the end of the month um so coming up to the wedding and something happens sure um, yeah that was you know, went out, did the wrong thing. Sure. I eventually found out even though there was a lot of denials. And that was just like the tiniest little blip on the radar because as soon as that happened, I thought, well, what about that everything just came tumbling down, the money, the fact that he got to go out and just do whatever he wanted, go wherever he wanted with anything. Um, While I was just at home earning an income, watching the kids, and just you know, holding you know, down the fort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that was that was a big thing for me. But of course, I went through with the wedding, even though you know every part of my body told me no. Um, mm-hmm. He said to me, "He's like, look, if you don't marry me this year, like on this day that we had planned, mm-hmm. we're never going to get married." So of course, I just panicked and said, "Yeah." yeah. Okay, let's go ahead with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fast forward a few months and um, we moved about eight or nine away, hours away from our hometown where all of our family and friends were. And I think um, that is also, sorry to interrupt you, but that is also a common denominator with these controlling types because a lot of women flee because of control. It's, it becomes a control thing. It starts off with a few red flags and then it becomes controlling over this. And a really common denominator is I've got to move here. You're coming with me or can you come with me? And generally it is to take you away from friends, family, support network. It is um, a subconscious thing. I feel like a lot of men that have this about them, they don't actually know that that's what they're doing. But, or some do, some do have that kind of evil side to them. I hate to say it. And I'm not generalizing, not all men are the same. And, you know, I do love men and I think they're great and they've got their place in the world. But I think some in general, they do it subconsciously. They might've had a father figure that was really controlling or even a mother figure that's really controlling. And that they do, they, so many of these relationships from women that I've spoken to in, in getting ready for this podcast have said, and then we moved away and I'm like, hang on, there's a common denominator here. <laughs> yes. And, and a lot of it as well. So, and, and he did the same thing. He didn't like me being friends with certain people. Um, he would encourage me to not be friends with my best friend or, mm-hmm. you know, any other people. And he'd be like, oh, I like this one. I like her as a friend better for you. Why don't you spend more time with her? Um, but then, yeah, like when I moved away with him and my friends and my family and my co-workers even, when they weren't there to make up the slack of what he was doing, everything just came a lot more clear in sure. terms of what kind of person he was and, and, and what kind of had the Had, the, reserve, had. the reverse effect of what he was probably trying to achieve, no doubt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a few people um, – approach me well I mean a very small amount mm-hmm. because a lot of them are alienated now thanks to him um sure, yeah. I had a lot of people come up to me after the wedding uh after we split and they said when we walked out of that wedding we just said to each other it's not gonna last which is heartbreaking to hear from people that love you and care for you but it's also mm-hmm. 
they probably saw it on your face because like you mentioned before, the intuition was saying to you, I don't want to do this. And people can, you know, if they're energetic people, they can pick up on your energy of of that day. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. It would have been hard for the friends that are genuine and do care for you and have seen your side of it unplay or play out. They, they, it would have been really hard for them to see that. Mm. Yeah. And, and I remember explaining to one of my friends, um, about because whenever I knew my partner was coming home I just felt this like gripping anxiety I was nervous and I was jumpy yeah and 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 that occurred you know every day that he was there like whether it was me coming home from work or him coming home from somewhere else and I told her and she said that's your body reacting to some to, to danger basically exactly <laughs> and it's energy it's energy energy um, picks up on energy and I think that even if um, you know a lot of people aren't open to that side of things but I feel like energy and now that more than any ever has really become really clear to me in my life and I, I dated mm-hmm. someone a few months ago that I realized oh hang on that was my energy saying he wasn't right I, I was the same I was really anxious and I'm not an anxious person and you probably mm-hmm. aren't either I feel like when your body's saying no that person's not for you or that situation's not for you I started not being able to sleep. I was anxious. I was sweating. I'd feel like I was, you know, around someone that I had to walk on eggshells around and I was really quiet. He used to make me, it's like an unnerving feeling. Yeah. You feel like you could jump out of your skin at any moment. Yes. yes. And And, and I always, you always feel like, and I, I said it before, you feel like you've done something terribly wrong and they're about to find out that you haven't, you know, you haven't done anything wrong but it's just that edgy feeling it's because your body and your your soul or whatever you believe your you know your your inner intuition is yelling at you no something's wrong (laughs) the vibes are off run (laughs) the vibes are off run get out of there and I think so many women that have been in that situation of should I leave they've all said the same thing like Mm -hmm. I just all of a sudden have had an overwhelming urge that I needed to get out yeah yeah. And and what did you do when you kind of thought, okay, I've got to, I've got to get out. This is not going to work. I've got to, which I can imagine just after a wedding, there would have been an element of, you know, your pride and your ego that would have been like, no, should I stay yeah. and fight? You know, what are people going to think? Um, that was a massive thing for me was that because every time I said, I'm going to leave, this isn't wrong that voice in my head was you only just got married you just spent all this money and time and effort you had all your friends and family there and now you're walking away yeah and that was a huge thing for me oh it would have been I can't even imagine how you know there is a lot of pride and and a lot of women have said to me I was so scared of what people were going to think because Mm. everyone around me has beautiful marriages or they had you know, everyone in my family has had a marriage that stayed together. And so many people have said, I just didn't know what people were going to think. Yeah, well, and that was a big thing for me. Um, coming from a small town uh, and, and working where I did and his parents doing what they did, we were all very well known in the community. Mm. Um, so when I did leave and, and come, I came back to this town because it's, it's what I know and I, I feel comfortable there. Yeah. They had already told basically half the town all of these terrible things about me. I, I couldn't even go into the local IGA without someone giving me this horrible stare or having a go at me or having a go at my mum. Oh, how um, awful. 
Yeah, so that was that was not fun, but um, what 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 is it? Oh, probably eight months on, it's it's gotten. You just get over it because it's temporary. And people are going to have something new to talk about, and I think more than anything, I know with me, I've I I discovered not caring about what people think when I was in high school, and I think I've really held on to that. And obviously being on social media, I just don't have an element of caring. <laughs> if you yeah. saw what I wrote the other day, um, I just don't really care what people think anymore. And I think it's it's a learning to be true to yourself and your heart and your own intuition and mm. the attitude of, oh, well, fuck what anyone else thinks because I've got to do what makes me happy and for you, like what where my children are going to be happy. Um, and so exactly. what does life look yeah. like, obviously, on onward and, and now for you? Now? Things are settling. Um, so it took a while to get there. It took a lot of, you know, to and from between me and, and my ex-partner, ex-husband. Yeah. Um, it was very vicious. So, and I didn't have a plan when I left. I had no plan. Everything happened really, really quickly. Um, it ended up with me just taking the kids and driving eight hours and staying with one of my parents for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and I can't, I can't imagine how terrifying and how alone you would have felt in that moment when you were like, okay, crap, I've now got to drive for eight hours to find, mm. essentially to find safety and to find a, yeah. a place where you can begin healing. Exactly. Um, so it, it took a, you know, it was very sudden. I had no plans. I had no documents, so I didn't have any birth certificates, marriage certificates, anything like that. Um, so it took probably about two to three months to get any kind of payment. Um, mm. And it took, of course, that long to get my own house. I ended up getting a house in the next town across, sure. about 20 minutes away, still sending my kids to the same school. So they had a little bit of, um, you know, normal. Normalcy, yeah. Normalcy. So they've still got the same friends, the same everything. There was a, a, a court, not a court, but there was a battle in between solicitors for a little while. Sure. It, was, it looked at one point that the children were going, he was going to attempt to take the children off me, but things have calmed down now. Um, so yeah. I've got my own house. I've got gotten up to date with all of my payments on my car. I was yeah. offered my old job back. Things, Amazing. Things are good. It's not perfect. Like I've still got a lot more hurdles to go through, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, but I can breathe. That's the thing, you know, and mm. I've had so many, I actually had someone come up to tell, to tell me the other day, they said, oh, we went into this shop and we saw his father and he's like, you know, she was always whinging and carrying on about how she needs a break. And now she's got three kids all to herself all the time, you know, mm. what kind of break does she have now? And I thought, well, you're right. One where I'm I free. Have, <laughs> One where I'm I free. Have, yeah. <laughs> I have the kids more than I ever did, but you know what? I'm the most relaxed and happier now than I've ever been. Yeah, so good on you. Was... Honestly, it would really, obviously, in my situation, I, I've done it right from the start. So a lot of people say, oh, that must be so hard. And I'm always like, I fell into this without deciding, but I feel like it would be harder to decide to walk away from a family because instinctually, as women, we don't want to do that. We try and fight. No. And I think that's why so many women stay as long as they can till they finally literally feel like this is going to consume me and kill me if I don't get out. I can't breathe anymore. I can't be myself. I'm on edge. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. Like I, 
I really feel for you guys because I do feel like that would be terrifying of, you know, having that extra income and then realising like, oh, shit, like I've actually got to do it all on my own now and with someone Mm. that is, you know, trying to make life harder for me. That's a lot of the time that's what these men do is they try and financially abuse you so that you run back. It's a very common thing. Exactly right. Yeah. And I think one thing that I never realised, because because I was always working when I was with my ex-partner, I never claimed any government benefits or anything like that. Sure. Um, there was an incident after we'd separated where he'd actually called the police um, mm-hmm. on me and the police came to the hotel that I was staying at because I wasn't to be staying at the house. Sure. Um, they were doing a welfare check. and It's very I, common, very common. Yeah. yeah, and I thought, I just burst into tears in front of these police. I told them the whole situation leading up to that point in time and they were just, they were fantastic. They gave me referrals to um, centre care, to counselling, but most importantly they gave me a referral to the community legal centre. Yes, um, which is, so. note that down. If you're out there listening and you're in that situation where you want to flee, yes. they only I- give legal aid to one party. So you've got to get in quick smart. And I cannot tell you how helpful that was because I'm, I'm not savvy. I couldn't afford a lawyer. I had no idea what I was in for. I went in, I sat down with her, I told her the situation and she just took charge and she helped me with everything. Mm. Um, It took me a little while to take her advice. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, for so long, you want to believe I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to arm myself I suppose in that way and exactly and 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 I think you know I don't know I speak I I can't speak for all women but I know like a a majority of my friends we we just want to keep people happy we don't want to stay the pot we don't want to cause unnecessary drama and Mm. you know you just kind of step back and you just continue to let yourself be treated like that but my solicitor was she said she said with me and she said to me you know She's like, you have to get out. You have to take the kids. You have to go. Because when I'd went back, he'd actually set up cameras all around the house. <laughs> Honestly. Um, the, yeah. It's... So I rang the solicitor and told her and she said, you need to go pull those kids out of school and you just need to go now. She's like, I'll sort everything out this end. Yeah. Just go. And and that's the best thing I ever did. I think um, the universe or whoever you believe, God, higher power, they always put a really – I call them sharks and that's what I say to people that come to me privately is you want a lawyer that's a shark. You want Mm -hmm. someone who's going to go into bat for you when you're too weak to do it yourself and not weak obviously in nature but just the emotional havoc that it can cause on you can really, you want to collapse. You need someone that's going to be that backbone for you. So not necessarily someone that's nasty but someone that really is going to fight for you when you can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 he's going to show you truths that no one else, that, you know, that other people might be too scared to tell you or might not be trained enough to tell you. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. And I think it was spoken about before. I did um, share um, before I started recording with you, I did actually share everyone's advice for women that were leaving. And a lot of it was grab the documents, get mm. them to safety before you leave because you're going to need them for your Centrelink payments to be able to get out, get your own place. Um, you're going to need those identity documents so what advice would you have now that in hindsight that you're out you're safe you're happy you're in a place 
um, you know, where you're thriving and, and you're, you and your little ones are finally away from that control. Mm. What, what advice would you have for women that are still in a situation where they haven't left yet, but they would like to? Well, I, looking back, I wish I had had more of a plan. I wish I had gotten all of, you know, the documents because sure. by the time I needed them, he'd hidden them. And, and Which is was... so common. I'm hearing yeah. that a lot. Yeah. And it costs money and it costs, you know, it costs money to and order time. them again, especially with you. <laughs> if you've got a few kids, it takes time and, and Centrelink, like, they are very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, they help me every step of the way because mine was very complicated. Yeah. Um, and don't be afraid to reach out to, to organise it. Like don't let pride get in your way because for me I was always working and I thought, oh, you know, I can make it on my own. I don't need Centrelink. No. You pay tax. It's there for a reason. It's there to yes, help you. Yeah. Um, as well, if you're in, um, if you've escaped um, a domestic abuse situation mm-hmm. and you're looking to rent a house, you can actually apply for a, a bond loan. And if you've sure. got a copy of that um, protection order, they will pretty much grant it to you straight away, and they'll also pay your two weeks in advance rent, which was so helpful for me because I didn't. Yeah, that's that amazing. Um, that's beautiful advice many women are going to be grabbing a pen right now scrambling for a pen to write that down so yeah it was that was a huge help um but yeah be prepared have money put aside tell your friends and family what you're going through because I would have I wouldn't have been anywhere if it wasn't for my friends or or my family and I think that they are really there to support you like I have someone in my life at the moment that I, I won't mention her name but she's currently going through that very situation and she calls me all the time for support and I think more than anything, I just try and say, how can I support you through this time? And mm. I, I actually have been in a domestic violence situation prior to having a child and so I, I had a little bit of information that I could give her but I said to her, more than anything, you just need to get out what you can. Luckily, I said, grab your documents just off the top of my head. Yes. I thought, I feel like you're going to need those. Take them to your parents before any of this shit gets real and absolutely don't you know don't worry about the furniture you can replace it and that's when she actually told me there is like um white goods and furniture allowance that you can get through I I think it was like a refuge women's refuge or something but be proud of where you're at and don't don't be too I guess you know like you said don't don't not accept the help because you your pride is getting in the way I think more than anything Mm. women need to understand that we do need help sometimes and especially if you have been a single mother before, we're very proud. We're very like, no, I can do that on my own. I'm independent. <laughs> and it can be a great thing but it, it can also make us go a little bit too on the other end of the spectrum where we're a bit like, no, I've got this <laughs> a little bit too yeah. much. So, yeah, I can absolutely relate to that. But I'm so glad that you're out and you're happy and that you are now you know have gone from trying to survive in an unhealthy relationship to now thriving Mm -hmm. on your own yeah thanks Leela and and honestly um I really really feel for anyone who's still in that situation because I I, I remember being there I remember how miserable it felt and you know you know you turn to things to kind of numb the pain like for me it was alcohol like sure yeah alcohol and uh, you know, one of my friends said, you know, if you stayed in that relationship five more years, God knows where your health would be, you know, yeah. not only just your mental health, but your physical health. And that's another thing that people don't realise as well is, you know, people always turn to other things to numb that pain. Sure, um, yeah. Yeah, which is, it's normal. 
it's a it's a normal reaction to a situation that is draining you you try and look for ways that you can numb it just for mm. you know for survival basically exactly it's it's all about just getting through the day or getting through the week and then getting through the year and then before you know it you're 30 and yeah that's you know right. 30 40 50 any, yeah. anything like that yeah Oh, I'm so proud of you for sharing your story. And I think if people want to connect with you privately, please do send me a DM so that I can put you in touch with this beautiful mama. Obviously, with the women that I am speaking to at the moment, um, privacy is an issue. So I would like to protect their identity. But if you do want to speak to this beautiful mama, please do send me a DM and I will put you in touch with her because one thing I've learned from blogging and from having an Instagram that helps women is that resonance is so powerful And the Mm. more that women go, oh, my God, if she can do it and she had three children and she was in a town eight hours away from family, then so can I. So I hope that in hearing your story that you have inspired someone else to take a leap to happiness and and make that change that, as you said, it's going to be so beneficial for them because, I mean, look at you, you're doing great. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Lily. And, and like, yeah, like you said, just knowing that someone's been through it and survived was a huge thing. I had my brother's current partner message me and she said, I went through the exact thing that you went through and it helped me so much. So, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, I'm sure, very busy day with three little ones. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Lila. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hello, beautiful mama. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to me today. Thank you. How is the connection on your end? We're all good to go by the sounds of it? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Thank you. Okay, amazing. So I will start with the same question that I asked the beautiful mama before you, and that is obviously you're a mama of one and you have left a relationship that was no longer serving you. So what can you tell me about when you first met your partner? Were there any red flags? How did you guys meet? So I was quite young when I first met my partner. So I was actually in high school and we kind of connected as friends to begin with. And then later on in 2012, we actually um, came together in a relationship and everything kind of moved quite quickly with us. Um, You know, we got engaged after a year of being together, but it always felt like, you know, it was my childhood sweetheart and um yeah I I guess sure I I thought it was just this fairy tale story that it was just gonna become my life so we um committed to one another and I got engaged and then after a year of oh not even a year of being married we found out that a little one was on the way wow yeah yeah so it was quite a lot um but I always wanted to be a young mum. So sure. um, I was great, very grateful that I was able to fall pregnant quite young. And yeah. But along with that, obviously, there's a lot of judgment and projection to young mums out there. 100%. Um, so I actually opted out from like mothers groups and things like that. So as time yeah. went on and the relationship um kind of spiraled down um Mm -hmm. I felt like I had no support um I was quite alone in what I was experiencing so it was a domestic 
violence relationship sure, that, yeah. did, that did become um, physical on one occasion, mm-hmm. which um, happened after I left. Uh, and was, it was so it, it generally starts off um, as I was, I was discussing with the beautiful mama before you, it starts off with a few red flags and then a little bit of control. And then yeah. when you were actually got taking a stand and saying, look, I'm not going to stand for this. So either a, I'm going to leave or B I want changes. That's when it becomes physical. That's when they try and I guess, push you back into the box that they're comfortable to have you in. Yeah, and it did. We had, like, there was a lot of red flags earlier on, even when I was pregnant, you know. I found Mm -hmm. him talking to other women on different social media platforms, which was quite traumatic uh, as being pregnant and then finding that out. um, But I always, because there was that control and manipulative behaviour there, I always believed that there would be change and that things would become lighter and better and it just didn't turn out that way. It, it, It got worse, like as you say, you know, then it starts with the violence and the physical side of things. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think more than anything, it's just it it's a really slow burn. And I think I was talking to the beautiful mama just before you about this as well. And 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 I said it's almost like you meet this person and then their mask falls off, and you see the reality of who they really are underneath, and it it can be quite ugly and quite confronting. Yeah, and especially uh, I'm a person who can appreciate like childhood trauma and where behaviors can you know develop from and so he didn't have an easy upbringing so I kind of made that excuse Mm -hmm. for his behaviors and how I was getting treated in the relationship Mm -hmm. um yeah that would have that would have been a mother and being I think as mothers we're so like oh okay well let me try and work on that we're fixers a lot of the time let me try and fix that. Let me try and help you work through it. And you do, you but you feel a sense of responsibility to fix that person and unfortunately it's just a journey that they need to, if they choose to, experience for themselves and want to better themselves in their own time, you know? Exactly, yeah. I, I can totally agree and relate to that as well and I think, what would you say to someone out there who is kind of seeing a few of those red flags um, and they might not be ready to leave yet? Like what would your advice be to someone um, that's in that situation, I guess, that that you were in where you kind of started to see that the mask had fallen off and, and you know, the reality of the situation became quite confronting to you, I suppose? And obviously the physical side of it began. What would you say to a woman that's kind of maybe she isn't at the physical side yet? What would your yeah. what would your advice to her be? Uh, look, my advice would first be like, don't be as as scared as what it it is as mm-hmm. what the situation is. You know, there is so much help out there that you don't even realise. Like I utilised 1-800-RESPECT a lot, Mm -hmm. um, which is an online service for you to be able to anonymously message um, on the internet at any time of the day or you can call them and 
they specifically sure. specialise in um, domestic um, and violence as a whole, especially with um, women and children. So, yeah, amazing. We have, yeah, we do have a lot of free services out there that are just not spoken about enough. And I came across it through um, a beautiful lady who went through, she was a family friend and she went through similar things in her marriage and I reached out to her and asked her like what services are available that I can reach out to and I came across Berry Street and the 1800 Respect through her recommendations and it just keeps leading to something else surrounding yourself with um, friends even if they don't necessarily have the situation that you're going through or um, know of being in that situation themselves um Mm -hmm. there will always be one friend that's just a great sounding board like I didn't have the mother's group to um voice how I was feeling so I quite I felt quite alone and this specific girlfriend actually brought me to your Instagram page yeah awesome although our situations were different and everyone's situation is I mean no situation that's right the same yeah but it was just when I was aware of you through her um it was just even though it's through Instagram it's just like you getting on stories and connecting with us you know Mm. it really can make you feel less alone and supported as a woman and you know that it's true when they say on Instagram if if you're not vibing someone, unfollow them. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and you know, you'll start finding people that you do vibe with. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would have to say 1-800-RESPECT was the biggest thing for me because it was safe. Yes, yeah. It was private. So I could access it at any time. Like I was surviving off two and a half, three hours of sleep a night as well as being a full-time parent. Mm. So because of the traumatic experience I had through the violence. So accessing that at any time was a huge thing for me because when I was alone with my extremely dark thoughts and I didn't really want to be a part of the world anymore, Mm. that service was available to me and helped me just have someone to listen to. So if you don't have a friend, there is a service out there that you can use that will make you feel... um, like you're not alone and heard which I think when you're going through something really traumatizing it's important that you that you feel heard and that there's someone on your on your team and I think so many women within this experience they do dm me because I'm not a friend I'm not a family I'm not someone who's going to say oh but I know him and he's so great or he's this or that so I feel like that's why it's almost like I've become a resource um, for women that are in situations where they want to leave. And I'm more than happy to speak to them. That's what I'm all about is helping women that are in that situation or that need to find their power again. And I think, you know, more than anything, you've got to get a tribe together. And you've, like you said, you've got, to, you've got to speak out what you're feeling. And I think that that's why so many people would, would love that 1-800-RESPECT or even reaching out to someone on Instagram that they don't know because a lot of women are, they're scared of judgment from their friends, from their family. What, what are they going to think? And I think that's a huge part of, of leaving someone or having a relationship breakdown of any kind is you, you fear what those around you are going to say. 
Of course. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, even sharing it and you're not actually asking for advice. You just want someone to hear you out. So that's where that one, that one, eight hundred respect for me. Sorry, my voice. Um, that one, eight hundred respect number and website for me was a huge tool in those early days of leaving that relationship because it allowed no judgment, no projections, and yeah. it was a yeah, it was a sacred and safe space. So that's really um, a great service for those women who aren't feeling so safe to go to a, a family member or a friend and um, explain what is happening and how they can actually leave. Like this company can actually give you know, other phone numbers and other um, companies that can help, you know, if it's moving out of the situation. So like rehoming, um, sure, amazing. counseling services for your, for your children. I mean, Berry, Berry Street offered even a um, healing trauma childhood program for my daughter. And although she didn't experience it firsthand, she was asleep when it actually happened. Mm. Um it was just nice to have that service there and it it was a free of charge. So obviously in these situations, a lot of women are financially sh- scared and stressed of you yes. know, the, yeah. the feeling of uh, I can't leave because I'm financially stuck. So having these services available, especially in Australia, I mean, I, I don't know much for overseas, but you know, we're, we're really lucky to have those kind of services that we can reach out to. And and there's so many. And like you said, it kind of starts the ball rolling when you, when you speak to one person, then they say, and then there's this, and then there's that. And just reaching out to one service, they can say, and you're also entitled to this, or there's this that is on offer to you. So I know with, with even me as a single mum, when, when my whole situation went down and uh, I guess spiralled, like we all keep saying, yeah. when it spiralled out of control, I got a mental health care plan and that gave me, I think it was 10 free sessions with a psychologist just to help me navigate through that. And you can get a mental health care plan in, in Australia. I'm talking for the overseas listeners. Um, I'm not sure about overseas, but I'm sure that there is many, many ways that you can kind of find access to these types of things in different countries as well. But um, I know in Australia, if you go to your GP, you can get a mental health care plan and that's 10 sessions, which is amazing. That's a huge saving. And you can also get that, as you mentioned, for your children. Um, yeah. And they do need it, and and I think so often we've got to we've got to remember about the children when these um, separations and divorces and and relationships break down. It is a huge, a huge part of it, and should be the center point of everything. Is getting them through it as well, which is taxing on you as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now that you're out, and how long did it take you, and, and kind of what's your story on when you kind of woke up and were like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I need to free myself. How did you kind of put that that ball in motion and, and get yourself to safety? So we actually separated when Mila was when my daughter was about um, mm-hmm. four years. Uh, sorry, five months old, and sure. um. We, it started with, you know, um, he wasn't obviously happy about like me wanting to leave the relationship, but I had noticed that the control was very much in play and the manipulation. I was very, um, 
I would say housebound. Um, you know, mm. it wasn't really okay for me to go and have fun with my friends. It was very much comfortable for him for me to be at home and um, him mm. knowing my every move of the day. So that was quite disturbing in itself and made me feel um, like a bit of a nobody, I suggest. And um, yeah. as a new mum, uh, you're giving all your energy to this beautiful new baby and you already kind of feel like a no one. You don't know who you are as a person because sure. you've just gone into this new mother role and it's it's full on. It's 24 <laughs> yeah. hours a day. So I definitely lost myself, but I was very aware of the control and the manipulation that was surrounding my everyday life. Mm-hmm. And so I just had enough um, this one day in particular and I was like because I had started to go out with one girlfriend in particular and she was just like you know you're a mum but you can still come out for coffee and you can still enjoy life and you know whether it's just mm. a walk or something small and I did I felt great and I think that did give me a sense of confidence to go yeah I've got this mm. and I did I let go and he had moved um, out of our home and he was also um, going through a family member passing away, which was his grandmother. So mm. that person was quite close to him and I was quite close to her. So um, he was like, a, she was like a mother figure for him. So yeah. um, I still, I'm an empath. So I definitely um, didn't fully cut ties. I was still like, I didn't go start dating or anything like that. I was still very um, close and, connected with the family and making sure that they were supported and okay. Sure. Um, you know, there was times that I, there was moments that I thought that, yes, like we could be this happy family and get back together. I'm starting to see small changes, but those small changes, um, with those small changes came control again. Like I'm doing this because I'm, you know, wanting to get back together. So I'm doing these changes for you, but, not actually doing them for himself. So, and that Mm -hmm. continued to be the kind of same behavior, behavioral pattern. So um, yeah, it was quite a few years of that. And then we, she ended up passing the grandmother and um, that's when I thought probably at its biggest peak, I thought that, yep, we can do this. We can make this work. Um, Sure. You know, which so that's that's yep. inherently built within women. We don't yeah. want to break up a family. We want we want to keep our family together at all costs. Sometimes, I mean, obviously, there have been women that have lost their lives to domestic violence, and I do believe it's because not be, you know there's a lot of people that are like she should have left, but it is inherently built within us to fight for our family, and and so many of us um you know we try everything before we finally give in so i can i can absolutely relate to what you're saying and you know as you say that with the whole domestic violence and all of that when people say but she should have left it's really um it's really difficult to try and understand because for me even when i experienced the fig- physical side I didn't need, my first thing wasn't even to call the police in that situation. Like I just, because I was so familiar with the behaviours in that relationship, I didn't think it was wrong in a sense because when you're stuck in that um, 
that it's relationship. A cycle, or, yeah. yeah, that vicious cycle. You're just, it's kind of like you're blind. And it wasn't until my girlfriend who introduced me to you, um, she was like, no, like you have to call the police. Like this isn't okay. This is not okay treatment. And I just felt really overwhelmed. I obviously had anxiety. I didn't want to be that mum like vulnerable calling the police and saying this is what's happened you know because I was scared for my safety and my daughter so and and so many women say oh but it's only emotional or he only swore he didn't he punched the wall he didn't punch me therefore it's not domestic violence or they make up excuses and and it's not because they're weak women it's not because anything to do with that it's because we want to believe that that this person is good and so, and we don't want to, like you said, we don't want to be that woman that's like not crying wolf, I suppose, but a lot of women have that stigma around, I don't want to create drama. I don't want to stir the pot. I don't want to be this woman that's in and out of police, you know, because a lot of women do end up after that having to go in and out of police stations. I've done it myself and I felt embarrassed. I yeah. really did. I felt, I felt ashamed and um, I didn't have children when that unfolded, but I felt really embarrassed. I remember sitting in there um, covered in blood one morning and yeah. I had my dog in my hands and I was shaking hysterically and I remember them looking at me in a certain way, the police that is, um, and being quite judgy. I'd had to run out of my home with my dog, who I've still got. <laughs> She's trotting around yeah. somewhere. And, you know, I had my face was completely beaten up and I remember thinking, oh, my God, like I'm, I'm one of these people. I'm so ashamed I had no shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine what I must have looked like sitting there and, and no wonder why they were looking at me. But I think so many of us women, we, we think, oh, I don't want to be drama and I don't want to be that woman. And, and so I can, I can relate to what you're saying, definitely. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. It's almost like you, you your self-worth hit zero when you had that situation happen and you know I didn't even have a car at the time so for me to call the police who was going to take me down to the station at that time with a sleeping daughter like I just and you know what if that is the case for you and you don't have a car and you don't have transport they will take a statement over the phone which I didn't even think was possible so Mm. You know, they sat with me on the phone. They got my statement and obviously put put um, the the uh, rules in place for Orders, yeah, yeah for the order for the order yeah. And mm. that was a huge thing for me. And afterwards, I felt a sense of empowerment because I was like, I just did that. It wasn't as scary as what I thought it would be. Like ringing them, it, I had so much anxiety. But once I had them on the phone, they were taking my statement. They reassured me that I'm doing the right thing. You know, they they deal with this stuff on a daily basis and it's really important that you do um, take action and, um, and, yeah, and look after any, yourself and your daughter or, or your, you know, your son. Your, your child, like whatever yeah. it might be. And I think more than anything, women need to know domestic violence isn't just hitting. And I think that, you know, I want them to write that down and un- underline that because, I mean, for mine, mine was a really physical altercation that happened and, you know, he was a really big guy. He was a lot bigger than me. And 
I, I, I didn't know what to do and I was thinking, oh, my God, like he's going to kill me. There was actually a moment during that altercation that I thought he's actually going to kill me. And domestic violence for me in that relationship, it hadn't happened yet. It happened one time and I, I fled and I'm very thankful that I was able to do so not having a child. Um, I can only imagine how hard it would be to have one. But luckily for me, that was my situation. And I think so often women go, oh, you know, we start to excuse the behaviour. And then, like you mentioned, it's funny because the previous lady actually mentioned that on her podcast that I just done then, um, which was she said it was always, oh, but he's showing small changes. And that's yeah. a very narcissistic trait is that they – I call it drip feeding now that I've spoken to quite a few women privately. I said, oh, okay, so he's drip feeding you, which is they do very, very small changes. It's like giving a carrot to a rabbit and they, oh, but I'm going to do this and I promise I'm going to change and I'm going to seek help and I'm going to stop drinking or I'm going to, um, you know, not go out with this friend in particular. It's a bad influence on me and I'm going to I'm gonna do all these things and aren't you seeing what I'm doing? And so many women believe it and it doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't mean that you should be embarrassed by it. But once you wake up and you find that strength, they don't like it. Once the control, once you, I call it taking the leash off, (laughs) once you take the leash off and go, I'm going to roam free now, they really, it can get quite a bit worse. So you do need to speak to the police. Yeah, you definitely need that protection there because if if I didn't, it would have got worse. And that's the thing. You don't know that next person's move. And especially if they do have um, narcissistic narcissistic behaviours and manipulation control, stalking. Stalking was part of mine as well. Oh, the um, lady on the last thing said the same. It's very, yeah. it's, it's, it's very common. And I think women, this is what I say to people um, that if they say anything negative about these types of situations or, for example, when I'm dating out there in the dating world, if, if it's a single father, I, I'm, I've got to admit to you, I honestly think to myself, what the hell did she leave you for? Yes, and I'm in the same boat. If When I, I have gone down the dating path, that's the way I view a single dad um, mm-hmm. because I think women don't, this is the thing, women don't leave for no reason. Exactly, Some, and I, I'm not tar- I'm not tarring men with the same brush. No, I've, I've got beautiful not. single dad friends, and they're amazing men. And the relationship just didn't work. Some of them have actually fled control themselves. Um, yeah. So that you know, it does to and fro, and it is you know, women, men and women are the problem when it comes to domestic violence, and not it's not just a male thing. But I think hundred percent. It's it's also the fact of. I just can't help it. Now that I have seen so many stories of single mums that have, have fled really horrible narcissistic situations or even if it was just that the relationship no longer served them and they walked away peacefully, it, it doesn't always end that way because they, they, they do leave for a reason. And, and in the dating world, I'm sure you can relate, like you just said, when I'm out there, if I meet a single dad and I, I always think to myself, well, what did she leave you for? Because Women don't just leave with children and go out into the world on on their own accord without something really wrong happening or a breakdown yeah. of it might even just be communication. He wasn't strong on communication. It could even just be something small like that. But I don't want to deal with a guy who can't communicate. <laughs> of course, of course. Communication's a big key factor for myself also. And that goes for for my side of the story when I'm dating is a lot of men say to me, well, why did he leave? 
Uh, and that's a fair question and, and I'm always open to answering it. And I, and I get that because obviously I'm on the other side of the fence. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think finishing this off, I, I really would love that if you have any advice for women that are in that situation that haven't left yet, because a lot of these women that have said, I need this podcast, I'm trying to make up my mind on whether to leave and I really need of some course. guidance, what would you say to those women? What would be your defining defining advice my my first advice would be because most of these women are majority of these women are financially um not able to just reach out to a service that they can invest a lot of money in so my first um initial support uh, space would be to reach out to 1-800-RESPECT as their online um any time of the day and you can opt for either phone call or online chat mm-hmm. um, and then I would also reach out to depending what state you live in there's a lot of um, like charities and organizations that um, help women in domestic violence relationships mm-hmm. um, and can even find you things like a house help with legal um if you have mm-hmm. like a marriage and things like that, um, they can help you with legal advice and legal aid and things like that in, yeah. in, your, in your state. And obviously, at the moment, I'm talking very specific to Australian women. Obviously, so overseas, yes. it's just about it's about seeking out the resources that that can help you where you are. And in Australia, we are blessed. We do have many resources available to us. And I understand overseas, it it isn't the same in all of those countries. Um, So it's about finding the women and the people and your tribe and the legal team that are going to help you through this. Yeah, I would definitely say that that company did a lot for me. And it was a safe and a safe space that my information wasn't going to get leaked to someone. So if you're in a position where you feel as though your information isn't going to be safe and it's going to be like leaked and somehow find its way back to your partner, then I would say that's the safest and um, most positive space to start. Yeah, I know within my own situation, which was quite some years ago, but something that I couldn't believe is when, when mine went to court, they actually gave him a copy of the affidavit and on there was my new address after I'd had to move due to him stalking me. Um, My address was on there and I couldn't believe it. Um, So that was quite some years ago. I'm sure I I did make a complaint to the police station and let them know, hey, uh, you've just given him my new address. I've now got to move again. Like, thanks for that. Yes. Um, So just being also dotting your I's, crossing your T's, making sure that you are being really safe because a lot of these men, I think we just saw that with unfortunately what happened with that beautiful mother in Brisbane. I won't say her name because I didn't know her mm-hmm. personally. I don't want to disrespect anyone. But a lot of people said that he he hadn't been that violent before. And, you know, it, 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 they can be unpredictable. So it's about arming yourself and, and keeping yourself safe and secure. Yeah, for sure. Even mine was unpredictable, so I can totally appreciate and relate to that. Yeah, so, it's a, a lot of the times it's it comes out of the blue, and I think for me it did. It, it definitely it, – it, I saw a few red flags, which I should have 
definitely taken note of, but I was young and, you know, not, not overly experienced in that type of thing at all. So I, I wasn't looking for those types of red flags, but once it happened, obviously I got myself to safety and, and now it's just something that I can recall upon for women that I can say, yeah, well, this, this resource is out there and that resource is out there. So I thank you so much for your time today. It's It's been so amazing speaking to women and hearing their story because I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, like resonance is so powerful and it shows other women that if she can do it and if she fled or if she got out of a relationship that didn't serve her and she wasn't feeling her, you know, usual self and you were anxious and, and on edge to being happy again. So describe your life to me now and how you're feeling now. Um, yeah, so I guess four, four years on, we've got a beautiful co-parenting relationship. Um, he's actually got a new partner. So my mm. daughter's had to get used to um, another female figure in her life. Sure. Um, but everything's moving really nicely because I have chosen to work on myself and the things that affected me in the relationship so as you were saying like getting that mental health care plan I really Mm -hmm. um, took time in isolation specifically to focus on myself and my health Mm. Um, so starting with that and then now I'm also going into soul school with Kelly Um, yay go recommendation Um, so I've got an appointment with her next week, so to do a chakra cleanse. So I'm looking forward to that. And Honestly, I've also, it's get it's totally a game changer, and you will just love it. I'm so happy to hear that because it's really changed my whole vibe. Like, and and I'm really grateful to her. She's absolutely amazing. I can't wait to. You'll have to message me and let me know how it goes and what you think. I definitely will. And I've also invested in a life coach, and I wanted to yes. do that two years ago, and I just wasn't in the right space to say yes to myself. So I finally said yes to myself and that's a six-week course. Yay. Um, So I'm doing that. And it's just amazing when you want to do something, especially if you are a person who is worrying about finances, what you put out, you will receive. So That's right, yeah. You know, like I was really overwhelmed with the money that I had to invest in this life coaching course and it just flowed and it showed up and Mm. you know um I think that's I think that's really important for us as women is like nothing is impossible and you know just taking a small step in the like as you keep going it just adds up to really big steps and as you look back like in the whole four years, you know, it did take me a long time to get a mental health care plan and that's okay. You need to take your own time to feel through your emotions. Um, everyone's healing paths are different. Some take that's six right. months, some take five years, some take a lot longer than that. Um, but I'm very much a person who believes in like spirituality and natural healing. So mm-hmm now being on that path and really diving into like my life coaching. And then now I'm going to see um, Kelly at the soul school. Um, uh-huh. I'm feeling I'm on the right path and I'm the happiest I've ever been. So there definitely is light at the end of the tunnel. And I know when you hear those words, when you're in a dark place, you you shrug it off and you're kind of uh-huh. like, no, it's, that's it's good not for possible. Her, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I can, I can absolutely relate. And I think that 
that's why my whole entire Instagram and everything has come to light is because I didn't find that in other women and I was, oh, well, it's good for her, but that's not my situation. And I, I really kind of struggled with that. So I decided to create the space that I needed and it's kind of just flowed on from there. But it's so beautiful to speak to women that have been through a really dark time and have come out the other side because I know that there's women out there that are nodding right now going yes I feel that little spark with inside myself that is going to grow and ignite and show me that I can do it on my own and that I'm gonna be okay because that when we see that another woman another woman can do it Lacey Phillips talks a lot on on her podcast called Expanded she talks a lot about finding expanders which is you know other women that have been there that have survived and that have done it they call them expanders because it's showing your mind that it's possible. I can do it because she did it. Yeah. And there's so, as you open, as you open up, you actually realize how many women have chosen to leave relationships that no longer served them and were in extremely hard places. So you Mm. are not alone. I think that's the biggest thing um, to take away from this is you're not alone and there is support out there and services that will guide you through um, your life as either a single mum or if you don't have children, um, there is life beyond this. And I think that's the the biggest um, thing to take away. Yeah, thank you so much for chatting today. And if anyone would like to get in touch with this beautiful mama, uh, for privacy reasons, I've not been mentioning their names, but you can DM me and I can put you in touch with whichever of the mamas or all of them if you would like has resonated with you because I think speaking to women that have been there and that have come out the other side, uh, it's so important. So I know that all of them would be more than happy to speak to anyone privately. Um, So, yeah, do get in touch with me. But it's been so nice speaking with you today and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to um, touch base and help these women realise that they're they're not alone and life after heartbreak and and abuse and all, all the rest of it is possible. Thank you so much, Layla, and thank you for holding a space for all of us to um, communicate how we get through these tough times and come out the other side. Yeah, you are so welcome. I will speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hello, Rachel. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. We shall. We've had a, we've had a few technical errors, uh, but I'm hoping that we can get through this one okay. We have a hope that there's not too much background noise now. It's it should be fine. I think I can hear a little bit more than usual, but that that should be fine if we just go ahead with that one. So, firstly, I wanted to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat to me about this. I think it's going to be really beneficial for the women out there that are yet to leave a relationship that doesn't serve them anymore, and they need that that push and that story of hope to let them know that they are going to be okay. So, you're a solo mama to a beautiful little boy named Lennox. So I would love if you could tell me about how you met his dad and what the start of your relationship was like. Yeah, for sure. So I had actually moved to Bali for, um, I'd started my own business. I was self-employed. So I thought Mm -hmm. I had no ties to anything for once in my life, no mortgage, no partner. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to go move to Bali and live this free fun, spontaneous life, uh, which I I lived for quite a while. I lived for seven months. And um, in that time, I had actually met met someone over there. Um, He was Balinese, so he was local 
And yeah, we were only together for about five months and all of a sudden my free spontaneous life um, <laughs> the ended universe up had other plans. pregnant. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So here I am pregnant, um, obviously not planned, obviously in a super new relationship, um, in a relationship where I did know at some point there would be cultural differences, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't obviously... Um, at the forefront of my mind when we were in a fun new relationship. Um, So that hadn't really come to surface just yet. So obviously when I fell pregnant, um, I mean, even in a Western relationship, it's new and it's scary and you're not sure. But then on top of that, I had this other side that then was a lot to consider as well. So sure. Plus oh, yeah. living in another country, it's it's pretty wild. A bit, a bit of a triple whammy situation happening there for sure. Totally. <laughs> and yeah. so many of the other women have said, just like yourself, that it was fun, it was happy, and it was really quite free until it kind of wasn't. So for you, how did that kind of come about when you started to notice that something was a little bit, I guess, unsettling? Um. Well, firstly, the first thing that was quite obvious to me was I I was living in another country and in that country, the first sort of experience was that there's, I mean, the alternative, which would be to have an abortion, is Mm -hmm. actually illegal in that country. Yes, yeah. So that's the first thing in my head that was like, okay, this culture sees things very differently. Um, And the first communication that my partner at the time had was he said, if I did choose that route that he would no longer be in a relationship with me he just couldn't accept that that would be sure because they're they're predominantly muslim is that correct um i think it is mainly muslim country but in bali it's actually more hindu so okay sure yeah um so that was my first experience of us being like okay so there's there's rules here obviously i knew there would be but Mm -hmm. to have a rule that was like it's either do this or I'll have nothing to do with you kind of thing. So that was my first experience of that. Mm, um, yeah. But obviously, um, as we went along, I did sort of make the choice. And I like to think that I made it myself and that I wasn't influenced by that. But at the time, I did really love my partner. And I thought sure. there was, you know, a possibility. Of a... So um, yeah. definitely the, the continuous stories of what life would look like if we were to stay together. Um, the dream selling, I call it. <laughs> totally. Which, which the dream selling. We're going to fall for because we're women and we all want that beautiful family life, um, whether, you know, whether it is same sex or it is different, you know, or it is like your traditional. We, we all totally. want that. We all want that, you know, beautiful family life. And I think there's the dream sellers out there that, can't actually live up to what they're what they're describing Putting out there. and it yep. could actually be a dream that they really want but then they don't have the capacity to actually give you that absolutely and I think I mean the other thing is like I don't know any girl who's 15 and dreaming up their magical life I don't think there's any girl that's sitting there saying I want to be a single mum so that alternative is just not even mm. at the forefront of your mind so of course it's like okay let's find every single solution or positive way that we can make this work. I think it's so natural to think like that. Um, mm, that's right. Yeah, 100%. I, to- I totally agree. And I know it's little little buzzwords that I have found since my own experience happened that, you know, the dream selling is definitely one of them. 
and yeah. we're going to fall for it. Nine times out of ten as a woman, they're going to pull on the heartstrings and, and dream up this beautiful fantasy life and we're going to go, oh, my gosh, you know, that would be amazing and off our emotions and our heart flies and we're running trying to be like, hey, girl, <laughs> come back. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of other women have described that it was a really kind of slow process, that it started with a few red flags and yep. then it became kind of, you know, whether it was verbal abuse, um, emotional um, or the slow. seems in your case like it was more of a very sly control it's at the start, which it, it starts with a, if you do this, I'm going to do this. Totally. Um, and then it kind of gets worse and worse from there on out. So for you, when did you really notice that, hey, this is actually not going the way that I want it to do? And more importantly, in a, in a country that I, I know the Balinese are absolutely beautiful people, but there is quite a dark side in Bali. And you know, that would have been terrifying. I know myself, I had an incident with the Balinese police. I won't even go into that. It was a very, oh God. <laughs> it was a very uh, scary situation. But I think for me, um, I would be scared to be in your situation in Bali a hundred percent. So when you started seeing that, Hey, this isn't going to go the way that I thought it was going to go. Like, how did you kind of, I guess, give, give yourself a bit of a self pep talk and go, Hey girl, we've got to, we've got to get out of here. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I like to think now, I think, I think your mind plays tricks on you after, like, sometimes I'll sit there and be like, did I try hard enough? And I think your mind will always constantly go there. Um, sure. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I really tried hard. I think I often wondered with us, like, he had um, perfect English, but I often wondered if sometimes there was, like, communication breakdowns, like, we couldn't seem to get on the same page about things I felt like I was trying to share what boundaries I had and what I was okay with and it just never seemed to match up Mm. and I thought to cover my bases I was like hang on a minute I'm going to get an interpreter in here because I I need this to be clear you know I'm happy to compromise on some things because I understand that there are things that are important to you but there's actually things that are important to me too Um, and that was the side that I just didn't think was coming across it was all okay for me to follow what was good for Mm. him and his family but it just wasn't seeming to come across that I had needs too Um, so I I got an interpreter who um, sat down with me and it was about six of his family who didn't actually speak English and I remember that was the first time when I was like hang on a minute I was sitting you know I'm in another country I'm pregnant I'm scared shitless Mm. and he was sitting on the other side um, with his family and friends and I'm sitting alone with an interpreter trying to voice my needs and he's you know that was the first time I was like well hang on a minute if I don't have you as my teammate in this then I legit have nobody like I'm on my yes, own as a yeah. but if you're not on my team then this is a concern because this is a lifetime with this person that if I'm going to give up X, Y, Z for this relationship if I don't even have you on my team then, then I have nobody mm. um, yeah. So that was the first time that it became very obvious that um, this wasn't sort of looking like I was going to be, you know, completely supported in the relationship that I really think I, I need or any woman needs really. Um, yeah. Uh, and after, after that I thought um, I needed to be surrounded by my people. I needed to go home and be around my family, my friends. So I think, yeah, making the decision to go home 
um, was the best thing that I could have done and I think it gave me space to um, I think sort of removing yourself from like you said the the dream talk and obviously him and his family are going to give me mm. their story sure. um, but I needed to have that space to sort of get really clear on what I thought and what I felt Mm, I think and, and a bit of hindsight when you remove yourself from the situation is uh, is really valuable and I think when you're in a situation like that where you know you're not being heard you're not being valued and no one's really listening to what you're saying removing yourself because you can start to be like oh my god is it me am I, am I being unreasonable like <laughs> is it actually yeah. me And when you've removed yourself and you go and speak to your team and especially those friends who aren't going to feed you bullshit and they're not going to rosy up a story because obviously, you know, you have friends that are going to kind of gently deliver the blows and then you've got your friends that are going to be like, right, girl, this is actually not right and I need to be super real with you and this is what I'm going to say. And I think finding that tribe in, in those times is really, really important. And I think we've spoken about that with all the other women um, that I've had on as well is finding your tribe and really surrounding yourself uh, with those powerful people that are going to help you through. Obviously, in your situation, there was probably a lot of legalities that you've had to come through, I imagine, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and even just recognising, you know, I think there's a difference between doing the right thing because in my head... Um, you know, listening to his family, all I kept hearing was like, oh, what I should do, what's the right thing to do in terms of what society says, what he says, what his family says. Mm. And it gives you no time to actually, I had no time to actually sit with it in myself and be like, well, hang, hang on a minute, what do I actually think? What do I feel? Because naturally, I think as a woman, as, and even as soon as you become pregnant, it's this oversub, like, I'm a mum, I'm going to be a mum, so what? What should a mum do? Oh, a mum should have a family. She should keep everything together. That's, that's mm. all of the stuff that I was thinking. But to remove myself from that, it was like, okay, let's get really clear on, yeah, what, what do I actually think and what do I feel? Because none of the other stuff, you know, it's there. But... Um, mm. Yeah, I can, I, can, I can absolutely understand what you're saying. And I feel like... So you've obviously... Left, left Bali and come home to Australia and was that your the end of your relationship as such with him was that like a, okay I'm going to separate myself now and and how did you go about it from that point on no so I was even booked to return at the time we were actually meant to be getting married still so at the time I was still going along with a lot of things um mm. Like I said, I was just doing what I thought was the right thing to do. And in my head and my heart, I genuinely wanted it to work. And, and the dream cell that he was giving me, I believed that it could have, you know, there was parts of me that actually believed that it could have been a thing. So I was really holding on to that. Um, mm. And I genuinely thought, like, maybe I can give this a crack and we can make this work. So I was only going home for Christmas. I was just going home for a couple of weeks. And... Um, yeah, the, the funny thing is now, I think I, I obviously knew, I obviously knew um, it just took completely removing myself for it to kind of click and come together. Um, but no, my plan was to actually go back. Mm. I had said that I would um, do a marriage ceremony. Um, but the minute, I feel like the minute I got home, actually the minute I got home, I got really sick. I got gastro and oh, I've never no. been before. 
Um, and I had my mum, like, you know, I was vomiting all over the place down the hallway. I wasn't making it to the toilet. Like, it was just a genuine shit show. And I <laughs> yeah. just think my body was just, I feel like my body was just like, oh, my God, you're home. Like, you can just. You can release, literally. Purge all of this shit. I, I literally, that's what it felt like. Mm. And I had my mum cleaning up. And I'm like, I'm not going to have this in Bali. No one's going to be, you know. Caring for you because, I mean. I yeah. He had his team as such and yeah. you didn't have yours. And I think that's, you know, Bali is, it's beautiful and I love it. And that's the only place I've been to overseas and I hope to travel a lot more, but I, I've got a real soft spot for Bali and the Balinese and I do love it there as I'm assuming that you would as well, having spent so much time there. Um, and now you've got this beautiful baby that's, you know, half Balinese, which would, he's absolutely gorgeous. I've seen on your Instagram, what a gorgeous <laughs> little boy. Um, so do you have, have you been back or do you have plans on going back or legally you can't or? Um, yeah, so I guess um, once I kind of made that call that, you know, once I got home and I realised that this was just absolutely not um, once I communicated that, then I was told that because I wasn't doing, you know, we weren't getting married X, Y, Z, that he couldn't actually be part of it. He'd have nothing to do with us. So that was kind of the, the general feedback that I got for the rest of the pregnancy. Um, mm. And he would chop and change. He would then change his mind and be like, actually, I'll be a part of it. And I understand now at the time I was really resentful. I was really angry. I couldn't understand how you. Yes. Yeah you could do that but now I have a lot more understanding that it's not him it is his culture that doesn't allow him to I guess probably be as part of it as he would like to be it would have um, been like I guess for him an internal battle of absolutely um, what do I do in my heart versus what do I do that I've been religiously taught to do since I was small Exactly. And, mm. you know, no one is in relationships and not married there. You know, there's, there's so much of that. So um, I really struggled with my pregnancy. He would go back and forth and back and forth. And then he ended up actually, he was planning to come for the birth. So he came for the birth. I was 39 weeks pregnant. And I think the entire pregnancy he had hopes that I would change my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. He came here when I was 39 weeks pregnant and then we had a conversation. It was the next day that he'd arrived and I just said, look, I need you to be here as Lenny's dad. I think I've made it really clear how I feel mm. um, and I, I just need you to be here as Lenny's dad. And he's like, so what you're telling me, you're not going to change your mind and you're not going to come back to Bali. And I'm like, no, you know, right now, all I've had mentally a really tough pregnancy with all of this going on. I just need to focus on this baby and giving birth to this baby and mm. then he was like well I can't do this and he hopped on a plane the next morning so it was mm. pretty wild um, it's definitely a story of um control as such and even though it may be not um you know him as such it does sound like it's more um you know inbuilt within within him it, it would have been yeah. so difficult for you and especially us Australian women, we're not pushovers. <laughs> yeah. We're not just going to go, oh, okay, well, I'll get on a plane and go back to Bali with you and do this thing. Um, yeah. And I think that that's, that's very commendable to you because I think so many would, I know I would have been like, oh, God, what do I do? What should I actually do here? What's the right thing to do? And it would have been really quite difficult for you. So I think 
what advice do you have for women that are in that situation? Your situation is very unique from the other women that I've spoken to. Most definitely, it's probably unique for many people. We've all got our own yeah. our own story and our own path to motherhood, and I think some of us. Um, myself included it's a bit windy it's a bit windy it's a bit interesting it's a bit unique Um, I certainly I love my story now it took me a long time to take ownership of it and be like I'm I'm cool with it I'm I'm proud of it and I'm cool with it so what advice for women do you have that are in a in a relationship where for you it does sound like look it just wasn't serving you and there were aspects of control that were definitely cultural um, so what, what advice would you give a woman that's sitting there thinking, you know, I do relate to, to parts of her story? I think for me, the biggest thing that I think I had to get really clear on and really recognise is a lot of the stories that we're obviously going to tell ourselves to keep us in this relationship, you know, there's the what I should do, like I should be a family. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. the, you know, I had so many people telling me being a single mum is going to be fucked, like it's going to be so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, now, most of these people that, you know, granted they were trying to be helpful and loving, none of them were single parents. So sure, they're speaking from a story that they don't actually know. Um, financially, um, dating again, you know, all of the stories that are around that are going to keep you in that relationship, I had to really get super clear on all of them. So for me, all of them were real for me, but I kept being like, do I really believe in my heart of hearts that this means that I'm going to be financially struggling for the rest of my life? If I get really clear on this, do I really believe this narrative that just because I'm a single mum, I'm going to financially struggle forever. No, I don't. Uh, yeah. Not to say it's going to be challenging times and moments, but I don't believe that for myself. Do I believe that dating might be really challenging? I don't get weekends off. I don't get time. Absolutely, it's going to be challenging. But do I not believe with every ounce of myself that someone will come into my life at some point? Yeah, I totally do. Mm. Um, it's breaking I, free from the narrative that's really... Absolutely. It's it's vital. And the narrative is it's not us, it's society. Um, unfortunately, the narrative does come from society and it also comes from, you know, past relationships or, you know, whether yeah. it be, you know, passed down through your family, um, hereditary and things like that. That the narrative is, is it's very strong and it does grab a hold of so many women that you're going to be broke, you're not going to be able to date, you're going to have to struggle, your kids are going to have, you know, uniforms from the bloody donation box and you're not going to be able to do, yeah. do all the things that you can do. And I think I try and prove um, sometimes a little too harshly, hey, I've got this, yeah. I can do everything that my married friends can do. I can do... Well, even better, like sometimes I think I now can see the positives of my situation. I... I'm free. I can parent exactly how I want to parent. Mm. I can, you know, I picked up and moved states in the middle of a pandemic because I could and it felt right to do so. Sure. Um, you know, there's there's a lot that I have freedom to do and that that's a life that I can choose, which, you know, especially in the relationship that had a lot of cultural constraints, I wouldn't have had that. And even thinking of what my partner needed at the time, you know, mm. while he thought he, he we were in love and, you know, a lot of it was also obligation and I think he also deserves 
exactly what him and his family needs. And I could not give him that. You know, we we neither neither of us would have been serving our higher selves. You mm. know, as much as I wouldn't have been happy, he wouldn't have been happy either. Um, because yeah. I know exactly we would have been fighting over that stuff for the rest of our lives. That was never going to end. Mm. So, um, you know, I have no doubts in my mind that one day I will be sitting with the love of my life and forever person and I'm going to go, holy shit, you know. What a ride. <laughs> what a fucking ride, but we made it, you know. And I, I genuinely do believe that and I believe that for everyone too. Like, sure, yeah. I know everything seems final in the moment and it does. Like you think, fuck, I'm in this and I'm locked in forever, but you never are and you do get to choose that. And um, mm. I think for so yeah. many women it's about – hence the new name of the podcast, I've renamed it and I've gone down a different direction, is for many women it's taking ownership of their of their lives again and it's saying yeah. Um, I, when a woman contacts me on Instagram, on DMs, um, email, whatever it might be, and she says, I'm in this situation, I want out, um, or he's being aggressive, he's being abusive, or he's just, you know, being controlling, I don't feel happy, whatever it might be, I always say to them, look, I know it's shit, but I'm actually super happy for you because this is the start of you taking ownership yeah. of your life. And I'm, I know it's yeah. shit right now because I've been there and it, it's so sucky and I, I hate that you're going through this pain, but I know that there is a silver lining coming for you and I'm excited for that and you need to get excited. And Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you've said, we get to design our lives our way. And particularly for yourself, because you don't have that added um, co-parenting aspect, as hard as it is, and I know, you know, I get every second weekend off, so I can't imagine not having that, even just mentally not having that break and knowing it's coming, it must be very challenging. Like I take my hat off to you, but yeah. You, you learn to become okay with it and you find your way to escape motherhood when you need to and, you you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is a beautiful life waiting. It's just about taking ownership of that. Totally. I mean, I was chatting to a friend this morning who's newly pregnant and it was quite a surprise and it was a bit of a scary situation and I'm really, I'm in two weeks of the thick of I've had really two tough weeks he's got four teeth coming at the same time oh, I'm completely <laughs> sleep deprived it's been the worst two weeks like I can't remember it being this hard mm. and I said to her as as hard as this two weeks has been I have been not my greatest self really not patient struggling sure. I'm exhausted but there are pockets of my day where I'm like fuck this is magic and I couldn't imagine having the struggles that I'm having right now and having the struggle of a relationship that I'm miserable in or not happy in. And I felt so grateful for that, you know? So mm, that's right. to look at it like that, like, yeah, this two weeks has been hard, but to have, yeah, the stress of that and feeling unhappy within myself in that, I just couldn't even imagine how much harder that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my house is a mess and I get to choose how I navigate this struggle of two weeks and, sure. you know, it's um, it's gonna. It's not to say that there's gonna be challenging moments. There definitely is. But on a day to day, the fact that I'm choosing my life, I feel you know I ha- I'm I'm happy. And sometimes it actually shocks people. You know, mm. I get people that are like, "How are you going?" As if to say, you must be yeah 
you yeah. know you must not... be really struggling there is there yeah. is elements of struggle and I think in single motherhood like you know ever's four now and everyone keeps saying oh my god it was the terrible twos then it was the three major and now it's oh my god now that she's four they're so psycho and you know she's now my little best friend sure we have power struggles on the daily and she'll try and out outsmart me on the daily uh which sometimes (laughs) it works but I think most of the time we are little best friends and we get along really well and she keeps saying to me mum you're my hero that's her new buzzword at the moment Mm, Um, so you'll get to that stage eventually where your little son will be saying you know you're my hero thanks to everything you do and they start to see the the sacrifice and at the stage that you're in I remember being there and i went through a stage of not co-parenting for over a year and it was freaking hard let me tell you I was right there yeah. with you it was very challenging and I think it was it was it was daunting and I do remember that she was cutting teeth during that time and I just remember thinking to myself holy shit I'm gonna die I this the tiredness yeah. that I feel is gonna kill me like this people shouldn't be this tired and I was like oh my god but yep. you end up getting through it and then you're able to help other women through it. And I think now she's, when they're not giving anything back, which you, your son's probably not able to articulate, you know, all of his feelings of, of love and all that type of stuff at the moment. But now that she's actually noticing the sacrifice, you you do get that that back. Mm. And that, I love you. You're my hero. You're so good, mum. I see what you do for me. And we do our little affirmations at night, like, you do get through the hard times and it does become yeah. so rewarding in an, in on a different level. Well, I'm not too sure about you, but one of probably the other big factors that I, you know, really considered was if I imagined as a mum and to watch Lenny or yourself with Eva and wondering if they were in a relationship like this and yes, yeah. how how I would feel or you know, recognising that I really do have to be the model for him. So it's mm. it's not the easiest choice, but would I want to show him that's sticking it out just because? Mm. Um, I would never want that for him. I would always want him to choose um, the happiest relationship and the most fulfilling relationship. And I do believe that he deserves that and he should have that. So how can I expect him to grow up believing that for himself when he's also watching his mum not mm. living that. And I think that was definitely something big that really changed my perspective um, as well. So I'm not too, too sure if that was something that... Yeah, I think with me, obviously, um, I was the one that got left. So I, I I, didn't really have that point of view, but it is something that I yep. always, I always tell women that come to me is that your child is going to be the absolute, you're going to be the center point and the example for your child. So they yep. do mirror, unfortunately, they do mirror exactly what we're doing and yep. what we're showing. And now that Eva's older, she mirrors me. Sometimes it's not great. Sometimes I see her mirror something really ugly about me. Like this morning, she got really frustrated with me and she stomped and what did she tell me? No, I'm not going to do that. And she raised her voice and I was like, oh, my God, that's me. That's me on an off day. And when they start to mirror back those things about yourself that aren't too great, you're like, oh, hang on a minute. So I think if you're out there and you're listening and you're in that relationship that's not serving you, you're not being honoured, a lot of the times um, women are writing in saying, yeah, but it's not domestic violence because he's only emotionally abusing me. And Mm. that is more damaging. So 
Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying one's more damaging than the other. I shouldn't really say that, but I think you can heal from a bruise, but the words and the horrible um, hate that can fly across a room in the form of words when when your partner's getting, um, you know, emotionally abusive can be far more damaging than than something that is going to heal over time, I believe. So yeah uh, even now I, when I'm dating and I'm sure you're the same like I, I get a, I've been on a we're not there yet <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think I should I should have done that but I've definitely dated on and off and it's been a horrific failure um yeah I've learned and there's things that I would do differently and things that I would do you know 10 times over in dating but I think at the moment, I always find myself saying, if it's not a relationship that I want her to be in or it's not a man that's mirroring the type of man that I would expect that she would date and choose in the future, then he's not for me. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, that's definitely something that I recall. And I think if you have anything in closing that you would like to add to these women that are out there, because they came to my DMs in the droves saying, we need this, we need this podcast, when's it going live? If you have any other words that, or um, something to say that you feel that would help them in that situation before we clock off? Um, look, it's oh, – I, I, there's so much that I could probably say. I think um, the one thing that I would just say that I think I didn't hear enough was that it's okay to choose yourself. Mm. Um you're allowed to choose yourself even if you have a family and you think that you're the one that's meant to keep them together you are absolutely allowed to choose yourself and I feel like I didn't hear that enough I don't think mm, from people really around powerful. me yeah most of the stuff was you know really to try and consider how I could make it work and I know everyone's intentions were yeah, you know, sure, beautiful, yeah. and they wanted support for me, and they also hoped that I could make it work. But I think what would have been really, you know, nice to hear is that if that's what felt right for me, that it's absolutely okay to choose yourself. And in fact, you know, um, it's more important to choose yourself first. And I think, yeah, and I think that was just something that I wish people. It, that's powerful, and I hope that someone's written that down somewhere and that it's going to help her through during this time so I and I think like words like that are so powerful and I know that within my own situation I really had to remind myself to do that um you know and it was a learning on how to choose myself because worthlessness was a definitely a buzzword back then thank god I've let go of it and it's drifted off and it's no longer in my radar but feelings of worthlessness after being left or having someone I, I guess you know a lot of women are listening to this and they're tuning in because they they're wanting to leave so it's a bit of a you know shoes on the other foot scenario but yeah it, it was a learning and I think for so many women it is going to be a learning to choose themselves so yeah absolutely thank you so much for your time today I really appreciate that you've taken your time out and I, I know that you're a busy solo mum so I really I can appreciate your time. I'm just cutting lights in the car so that Lenny sleeps. I, so he's I actually thought been... <laughs> that's what you were doing. I didn't want to mention that. I thought that's what you were doing. So I, I so appreciate the effort that you've put in to be able to share these beautiful words of wisdom with the women. And um, she's got no, a well, thank beautiful... You. Thank you for also being the voice for a lot of women. So it's I've... really powerful to have people like you that are 
um, not afraid to go first. And um, I think even you have helped me. You know, I also was like, I I don't have the right to talk about this or it's not worth hearing about. But Mm. um, I've seen firsthand and you're helping so many women and... um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's nice to know that someone can, you know, if they hear your story, my story, someone else's story, and they think, fuck, they did it and I can do it too. So I think it's so important because when I started in that space, there was no one doing it. There, yeah. I scoured Instagram, believe me, I searched. I was using the <laughs> buzzwords and the hashtags and I was searching for someone that had been there. And I think now it is becoming a popular thing to discuss. And at yeah. first, I was like, hang on a minute, I was the first one and rah, 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 you know, I've got a bit ego about it. But now yeah. I'm like, I'm so happy that these women are coming forward and, and not all of them. I've seen some that have been doing it in a way that I was a bit like, oh, probably don't do it like that. But women like yourself that are really claiming ownership of their story and sharing it because it is our story. And we're not doing it to hang shit on the other person that's involved. We're not doing it to put anyone down. We're doing it so that other women go, you know what, I'm going to be okay because she is okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I've fought to keep telling my story. I've had to fight through court to keep telling my story and keep sharing it. I do it over and over again for the women that I've helped. So I think I just really appreciate women like yourself that have stepped into a role of, of sharing and helping. And you do have an Instagram, which I will share for everyone in the show notes. I have gotten approval from Rachel to um, share that. So um, the other women on, on today's uh, podcast, I, ha- I haven't wanted to do that because their situation was a little different. Um, but I so appreciate all the beautiful women that have taken their time out today to speak to me. And I know that there is going to be women that are writing in to you going, I've heard your story and I love what you're about. So thank you so much. No, no worries at all. Lovely to chat. You have a beautiful afternoon and we'll connect again soon. You too. Thanks. See you later. Bye. So that was beautiful, Rachel. And I have also had on two other women today and I hope that you have really enjoyed hearing their stories and that if you are out there and you are in a relationship that isn't serving you, that you aren't taking ownership of your life just yet, and you haven't quite got to living in alignment, I really hope that today that something has put a little spark in your mind that you can do it, that you are going to be okay, that there is going to be hope and there's light at the end of the tunnel, that if these beautiful women can go through trauma and hardship and even fleeing a different country, that you are going to be okay too. And if you need support from any of these women, please do get in touch. DM me so that I can put you in touch with the women that have been there, that have boldly shared their story with me today. And as always, it's such an honor to hold space uh, for women that really need it. And it's never something that I take for granted. And I do feel very privileged that I am able to stand in a position to help women rise and to really take ownership and start living in alignment. Thank you for listening to Own and Align, the podcast with your host, Layla Steed. It has been a pleasure holding space for you today. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you that leaves a rating, review or voice message with your appreciation for the content. If you would like to be the first to know when the next episode is live, please hit subscribe or head over to follow along on Instagram at Layla Steed. And until next time, 
let me leave you with this quote that I stumbled across today. Today's episode has been a really long one, but it has been one that certainly is going to be beneficial, I hope, to so many women out there. And today's quote, I think, is absolutely beautiful. I found it on Pinterest when I try to find a quote each and every podcast to, um, I guess, set the intention and to close off uh, the end of the episode. So today it is by Zachary K. Douglas, and it says, all of her life she had heard just survive a little longer, it gets better. When surviving became something she couldn't stand anymore, she began to fight like hell and take back with what was rightfully hers. A life, a smile, a heart, a soul, a mind. All of that makes a human more than just a body. She became selfish with all of it. And you know what? She wears all of them now, like the sky wears the stars at night. When knowing what you want is not what you need anymore, surviving will never be enough. It's her battle cry. Isn't that absolutely amazing? Oh, I just got shivers. I think it's so beneficial um, for the end of today's uh, beautiful episode. And I thank you so much for listening.